A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Pork producers across the nation are proud to be producing more pork than ever before with less inputs. Swine production uses 25% less water than 20 years ago. A.V. Roth, Wisconsin pork producer, shares more about what the pork producers are working through and trends in the industry. But first, he talks about his farm development. So things are going pretty good. Finally got the permit that had been almost four years in the making. Got all the permits for the new facility about expanding. And things at home are going pretty well. Obviously, prices are up and having shipping issues on getting different things is always tough. And also, actually looking for a couple of people to work on the farm. First time in quite a long time where I've needed a couple of people. I had at least uh, two people apply and looking for one more and maybe someone to do some trucking. So you mentioned your new building. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and what that means for your operation? The new building would be a 5,000 style Faro de Ween. It would be here in Crawford County and it'd be more than doubling my total herd. It's a completely separate facility and separate barn and would go to different people. So we're just going through that. Probably will do a little dirt work yet this fall, mostly just to get some areas that need to be settled over the winter and then hoping to start construction next year. How is inflation affecting your operation or plans for this? So that facility right there has more than added 20%, more than 20% onto it since we started. So just that alone is one heck of a number to swallow, let alone the more difficulties actually getting people to bid. I mean, we're having people bid on just the dirt work, and they're like, well, this is it. It'll be good for five days. Like, okay, same thing goes for building the facility. They will not send me out an actual how much it would cost to build this until later on. As they say, it's only good for about 10 days, and you'd have to decide whether you want it built at this price or the price could change. So it's been very interesting, a different environment to deal with than any of the other times I've built any buildings or done any dirt work. And the same thing goes for just the total input cost going on the facility. I buy most of my corn. I don't raise enough corn because we do corn and hay here for the cattle and the pigs. And the price of that has been pretty high here for quite a while. I did not think it was going to go up that high and stay there, which is good for corn farmers, which is great. But just definitely had changed the bottom line in the facility that I have at home as well and making you think about the new facility and what it means to that. What are other pork producers around the state telling you? So other pork producers around the state talking to them like normal we're having trouble with labor like everywhere i've been extremely fortunate down here i'm having a guy that's going to retire that's worked here for 38 years on the farm so that's pretty nice you don't see that as much and the people i do have working here are, they've worked for quite a while so it's a very veteran crew so that's nice but just it's the cost of the wages have been going up and i try keeping the guys up as much as i can on wages you know i talk to them and where they are. I always tell them it's not the best job, but it's definitely not the worst job. You hear that around. I've talked to some of the packing plants and they're still sitting at that 70% built to capacity with workers. So that really means they can't, some of that extra processing, like deboning hams. I know one that's sending them to Mexico, getting them to bone and then sending them back. Just a value added that they're not able to capture because of the workforce. And I know it's not just hog producers. I know it's straight across the line. So just interesting to see how that affects. Same thing with prices and things like that hog prices are up, which it needs to be because of all the inputs are up. So at least there's that going for the farmers, which goes for across the board, milk, cattle. During COVID, some hog farmers were having to just euthanize their animals due to meat markets being shut down. How are things now? So I actually, on my farm, I sell wean pigs. So they go out about 15 pounds and go to someone else to market up to finishing. I can tell you about the sow market. They're really needing sows. And I actually just sent some out for 
almost the highest price I've ever gotten for a cold style. So that is really nice. Same thing, I know that they are definitely short in places uh, across the country. That's why the hogs are getting bitted up a little bit. There is concern with the Smithfield plant closing in California and how that's going to change all because they're worried about what Prop 12 meant to that plant and some other things. And as far as I know, they're going to lessen some of the sows they have there in um, out in Utah and places that went there. So I know there's a lack of labor. That plant's going to put some more pressure on hog prices and may have already actually done that. With increasing your operation size, that comes with some struggles and potential hit or feedback from the community. How are you working to be environmentally friendly to have this bigger operation and still make sure your neighbors are happy? So I've had to deal with people that would be against this size farming. I've done everything I could. You look at some of the environmental things that we need to do. The amount of bookwork we got to keep, every load, every gallon that leaves my farm has to be tracked, where it went, what the weather was like, who spread it, time of year, field conditions. They have to know what the crop was on there, what was the last few years, what it's going to be this year. That's got to be rolled over to the following year, what the crop's going to be next year. Um, and then you take slope in there. The big thing you want to talk about cars. You got to stay away from your car's features. So if there's sinkholes, I have to stay so far away from them. The DNR came and looked through everything that they had given them, and they actually sent a five-page or more response to everything that people were against out to everybody that registered here about the new facility. Same thing goes for streams. You know, I have to take in the soil type and the slope and the time of year. All determines how many gallons, when I can put the gallons of manure on there to reuse to grow the next year's crop. Some places I can only put half of it on in the fall. The rest has to go on in the spring because of the soil type. Same thing goes with slope. You can only put so many gallons on per application to make sure it's not running off, to make sure it's staying there. I got to go and every time I apply manure, I got to have a printout saying how that it's not going to rain more than three tenths of an inch in the next 24 hours. So I'm always looking at that, always aware what the rain is going to do. There's just a lot of things that go into it that people I don't know if they understand how much goes into being able to spread. And then they, you know, they talk about the pit. The pit has so much rebar in it, it's unbelievable. They built it the same as they would build any kind of municipality structure and to be able to hold and withstand any kind of problems that would be there. One thing I really like about being a farming family around here is people I work with are my family and how much it really is appreciated in the community, how much this is a farming community. I know there's some that are vocal against it, but there are vocal people out there for farming. And then going through uh, for pork producers, Wisconsin pork producers, going through looking at budget stuff on the national level, looking at the borders and trying to get workers in here on visas that would be year-round would be a great help. I know I live in a dairy state and these visas, half of them go to dairy farms. Uh, out of the 40,000 half go to dairy farms. That's tough. But here in Wisconsin, I know that's greatly appreciated. And I actually know some people from not just Mexico, but other countries that would like to come here and work and trying to work through that program to see if that's something viable. Other issues, there's always trade. One of the things that MPPC is pushing right now, besides the trade with China, but MPPC wants Kenya to eliminate tariffs on non-tariff barriers to U.S. port. Now, I know it's not a big market, but just the things that MPPC is working on to not only have to rely on our big ones like Canada, or the biggest one is Mexico right now, they're buying the most dollar and the most product. And then China and Japan are there. But we're trying to get these smaller markets around there. So in case you lose a big one, you'd be able to get everything around. The next big thing that's uh, working with the national MPPC would be protecting our borders. You know, we're trying to get more uh, Beagle Brigade out there because that's 
one of the best things to catch at the ports or at airports, catching people not even knowing they're bringing meat in. They're just, they don't know they can't. But if that meat would come in from even the Dominican Republic or, or Haiti, which now has ASF, and make it into our herd, we would lose 30% of our market immediately. All exports would be shut down. And so NBPC and Wisconsin Port have really pushed to try to beef up our security at the borders. And I know APHIS works really hard at doing it, and we greatly appreciate everything that they're doing. And we've tried getting them more dollars to help with that, completely fund all the inspectors. And probably the last thing that's the big one, this Prop 12 out of California. What Prop 12 is saying is that California gets to decide how I raise my animal, what kind of pen they need to be in, how many feet each animal needs in there, what they need to do when they go to feral, when I breed them, how long they can be in a breeding stall, which really and even the fat cap in California said all these rules will not help animal welfare one bit. That's going to the Supreme Court this fall. I think it's not only huge for pork producers, but it also hit California saying that you can tell the farmers or people how to do things in your state, but you cannot tell other people in other states how they need to raise things or build things so that they're able to sell it in your state. I think with that Commerce Clause, I think that's a big problem right now. So I'm hoping that this starts the wave that goes back to there is free trade among our states, period. There should not be one state telling another state, this is how you have to raise something to be able to sell it here. That was Wisconsin pork producer A.V. Roth. You can learn more about the work the National Pork Producers Council and Wisconsin pork producers are doing by going to nppc.org. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.